In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The peace of God, it is no peace, but strife closed in the sod. Yet let us pray for but one thing, the marvelous peace of God. Beautiful verse by William Alexander Percy. Churches should use it more often than not as a kind of truth in advertising when they bring people to follow Jesus. And we are looking today with Jesus at following Jesus and at the craft of not just following, but following together, the craft of calling community and the calling of crafting community, calling and crafting, putting ordinary women and men together into some kind of cohesive band, an entity committed to changing the world one life at a time, even at the cost of the lives of its own members. <coughs> Excuse me. A community committed, as Archbishop Temple famously said, to the life of the non-member. The church is the only organization, he said, in which the value is on the non-member. The peace of Christ, it is no peace. A community committed to bringing peace into the midst of strife, of showing the warring nations, the warring factions that were all that remained of a once proud nation, Israel, that true cohesion as a community could only come when peace reigned in the heart and among hearts of all its people the peace of Christ, and how they yearned for peace. Not just quietude, as in peace and quiet, but true peace, an inner order deep within that flows from within, ordering in its turn every thought and every action into some kind of harmony with the mind and the will of God. I say some kind because there are many harmonies, that can be attuned between souls of faith and goodwill. Many consonances, many cadences to move that harmony on. Unity is always the ultimate goal, but stark unison is not the only harmony that can be wrought when voices are lifting up the utterances of listening hearts. Now the key is listening. The key to peace is listening listening to God, listening to one another. Listen to the squalor, the squabbling that that same church which Jesus founds falls into even within one generation. Paul writes, and you'll recognize uh, that this is N.T. Wright's version, now I must appeal to you, my brothers and sisters, through the name of King Jesus, our Lord, that you should all be in agreement and that there should be no divisions among you. Instead, you should be fully equipped with the same mind and the same opinion. You see, my dear family, Chloe's people have put me in the picture about you, about the fact that you are having quarrels. What I'm talking about is this. Each one of you is saying, I'm with Paul, I'm with Apollos, 
I'm with Cephas. I'm with the Messiah. No listening here. Just taking turns talking. What passes for communication in today's toxic age. Self-revelation on the pages of Facebook and the waiting to be liked then begins, writhing in that restless expectation, never enough likes, never as many as one's other fast and fugitive Facebook friends have found. Fairweather frowns friends for a world without weather, without sun or moon or rain, without the winds of the spirit carrying the little boats out into the Sea of Galilee every day, taking their life in hand, looking for a good catch. They cast their nets, such happy, simple fisher folk, before the Lord came down. Happy and simple? Yes, like all of us, happy when circumstances were happy too, but fully at the mercy of wind and wave and of inner circumstances that also showed no mercy. Good health and good spirits, a life possessed and self-possessed by the benevolence of God, the God who had stood with Israel faithful for the millennia through times of storm and times of peace. What now? The God <coughs> excuse me, who stood with Israel no longer, who now stood apart, now brooding, contemplating Israel's sins, her unfaithfulness, like a jealous, jilted husband, this God. Israel waited for a king who would set things right. Contented, peaceful fishermen before they ever knew the peace of God that filled their hearts brim full and broke them too. How many people do I know and love right now who are broken by their God, they say, but by the circumstances in their lives that have shifted and strained, have torn their hearts. You can't say God isn't responsible for this. Given them grief and loss and the stress of divisions, factions, the tearing of community at every level of human interrelationship. Broken by loss, the loss of listening, the hardness of heart that comes from the deafness that comes with a broken heart a heart betrayed or even simply misunderstood. Taking turns talking, waiting to hear ourselves have our say, win the day with the, righteous, the rightness, the righteousness of our opinion. Where once we valued wisdom, now a strong opinion will do just fine. The facts, heck with that, shouted out to shout down one's opposition. But the war within continues away from the public gaze. Am I right? Did I do right? No one to answer when the only voice one listens to is one's own. Within, always accusing. And the voices of those who like me, who are like me, factions, and once great Israel, whose glory days lasted a century at best, descended into factions. Her unity shattered along tribal lines. Twelve tribes who weathered the exodus together, brought together into one, now broken into north and south, Israel and Judea. And the fragmentation continues, waiting 
for the powers and principalities to pick them off. Because there's nothing the powers like more than disunity. When you're united, you're strong. When you're divided, and when the divisions are getting deeper, you are weak. Easy pickings for strong foreign powers. And when you're divided into winners and losers, everybody loses. It's guaranteed. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, promises, built on the promise of a king, King Jesus, who they pray will come and answer force with force, speak power to power, set Israel once again into true greatness. That's the dream. And when he says, follow me, they do. That dream is strong. They will fish for people, dropping everything, their livelihood, their families, their factions, their funds, their rivalries, almost. They follow. All the way to the cross, they follow. And all the way beyond. Young John, who trimmed the flapping sail, homeless in Patmos, died. Peter, who hauled the teeming net, head down, was crucified. We know what was in their heads when they fought the path to the cross every step of the way. But what happened when the Spirit came down? What were they dreaming of when they set forth again to follow him through everything in sure expectation that they would meet a fate like his? And they did. And they went out not quaking in their boots trembling beside themselves with anxiety and fear. They went out in peace, ready to take whatever circumstances the world dealt them, ready to consider a world well lost in return for an eternal kingdom. That's a peace such as this world cannot give and has never sought to give. That's a harmony that starts not in circumstances. Circumstances are lovely. Not without, with whether we are without, with whether we are the haves or the have-nots. Not the peace that never comes when the demands of social justice are satisfied. Social justice is demanded by the Lord. But the peace we expect when we achieve justice on the world's terms never comes. Do your history. The peace that never comes when the bare claims of social justice have been satisfied by politicians. Let me say it one more time. The peace that this world gives and then justice swiftly takes away whenever some fresh injustice raises its ugly head and whatever we've got, there's always someone who has more. No, not peace like that either. The peace of God, which we share every week when up off our knees we are reconciled as we approach this table, this butcher block, this symbol of the place he lost his life, he shed his blood. The peace within that comes from seeing the other as oneself, 
not an enemy to defeat, but a friend to win over at any cost, at all cost, from seeing the other in oneself. The peace of God, it is not peace, but strife closed in the sod. Our rivalries will be buried with us, we wish. Some hates will survive for generations, reaching out from the grave to strangle the living. The unsettled scores, the unfinished business of old age, wresting the future from the hands of youth. As our world is willingly fractured once again, what will we hand our children as a legacy? As I touch 70 now, I ask that question more and more. Is it too late for us with the mess that my generation has made? We are even settled with that mess in our hearts, content with things the way they are, as we can, we can live with it as long as we have our little cubby hole of peace into which we can crawl all alone, close the curtains, turn on the TV, and make ourselves feel good about ourselves. Until when all is said and done, we will rest six feet down in the sod. We're making that little hole for ourselves every day as we work with diminishing returns and compromised ideals to make ourselves nice and comfortable, our tiny, perfect life shrinking smaller and smaller. Our kids can see right through us, you know. They don't know how to fix it either, but they sure see the problem. They see our shabbiness, our shoddiness, our lies, our compromises, our compliance. Well, maybe my kids, when they look at me. I'm okay, you're okay, I say. Not okay, they see. They can see through our lives, but can they see the truth that alone will set them free when they look through us for signs that that is the truth we're living? I pray our children will have a better faith, and I have good reason to hope that they will. They will be tried and tested by this world like we never were. Well, enough of that for now. Their future is still in our hands. Yes, let us pray for but one thing, the marvelous peace of God. Pray that our children will fight and fight for peace, knowing that their weapons are not flesh and blood, and that they will fight with peace in their hearts, ready to give their lives if they are asked for, for a kingdom that they can see more real every day than the kingdom we are setting before their faces. Let's pray for that. Miracles can happen. Amen.